We've been looking, I'm going to continue to look at church as it was meant to be. Church according to God's design, trying to discover in Acts of the Apostles some of what God desired before cultural and denominational and personal um, influences began to shape the church and not sometimes for the better. And one of the things that stands out, one of the things I want to highlight to you today is that the early church chose to endure hardship. They chose to see the season through. And what helped them see the season through was they chose to fix his eyes on the Lord. To fix their eyes on him. Hardship enduring. Nobody will choose hardship. When they know it's coming, when they know what's around the corner, the temptation is always take a different turn. Go a different route. If we knew what was ahead of us in life, and we knew it was so bad, we would choose a different route. Most of us would. Most of us would take the easy, trouble-free route. The early church, community of believers, of followers of Jesus, who chose to endure hardship. You know, the choice to endure hardship was because they were focused on what God had called them to do. And even that led to hardship. Because they chose, we will put the kingdom of God first. They chose, we will do the right thing in the eyes of God. They chose, we will obey the commandments of God. And even those right choices led to hardship. But you know, we today are a product of our predecessors who chose to endure hardship. Many people have just walked away in our past, in our history. We may not be where we are today because people chose. I'm going to see this season, season three. I'm going to keep pressing on with what is ahead. And actually, the apostles, and I know at the moment we are perhaps not facing some of what they were facing at that time. Because some of the things that they were facing was imprisonment, was being martyred, was being lynched, was being persecuted, being executed. You know, in almost every chapter in Acts of the Apostles, you see the hardships that the early Christians were facing. But they chose to keep going. And we're here because they chose to keep going. Just think, who will be here because you choose to keep going? Just think about your children, because I know sometimes this pulls on the heartstrings. But it is still true. Your children, your grandchildren, you choose to keep going now. They'll be here. They'll be following Christ. In the days and in the years to come. It's what happened to Timothy. His grandmother chose to follow the Lord. And it began to influence the generations. Began to influence the families. We often want to see it now. But you know that what you're doing now. Is having future impact. And future impact. Because we choose to keep going. You know like everyone else in the world. Christians face hardship. Everyone in this room, Christians face 
hardship. It may be a physical ailment. It may be emotional pain. It may be relational conflict. It may be financial pressures. Everyone in this room is facing hardship of some degree or another. And you might say to yourself, and somebody might say to you, well, it's not as bad as so-and-so. What are you whinging for? Look at what other people are going through. Listen, it may not be as bad as so-and-so, but it's still hard. You wouldn't feel the pain if it wasn't hard. You wouldn't be able to just shrug your shoulders and carry on. Because the emotional pain, the relational pain, the, whatever it is, it's hard. It may not be as bad as so-and-so, but it is still hard. It is still difficult. You know, there's a few things we can do when we face hardship. Because personal hardship, whatever it is, demands a choice. We can't just shrug our shoulders and pretend it, it's not there. It is there. It's hard, it's painful, it's tough at times. And so we need to make choices when we face the hardships. We can walk away. We can live with it. We can do all that is within our power to change it. You know, often people walk away from marriages due to relational conflict. Walk away. That's the simple, easy solution. Just walk away. People take on, take their own lives because of the emotional pain that won't go away. You know, Job said this in scripture, that he longed for the night to come. And in the night he longed for the morning to come. Because the emotional, the pain he was undergoing just seemed relentless. Just seemed relentless. Moses wished he hadn't been born Jeremiah wished that he hadn't been born. I'll read you the passage in a moment. Some people live constantly in debt to block out the pain. So they can block out and stop facing life's problems and so they try to buy it away. Some believers facing personal hardship, they walk away. They can walk away. They can live with it and shrug their shoulders and do nothing about it. Or with God's help, they can do something to change it. But you know this is what's important. This is what we spoke about last week. As believers. It is not just about willpower. Now God has given us strength. He has given us abilities. He's given us strategies. He's given us gifts in the natural world. To help us cope and see through life. But sometimes we need a miracle. Sometimes when we're going through hardship. And we can't shrug it off. We can't overcome it. We, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Those are the times we can look to God for a miracle. Those are the times like David, the psalmist, in Psalm 121 and verse 1, 123 and verse 1. I will lift my eyes to the Lord. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Listen, believer, you have that added dimension. You have that aspect of your life where God is real and God is active and you can call upon God and know that he hears, know that he listens, know that he responds. 
or you can shrug your shoulders and it's just the way it is for me. This is the passage in Isaiah. Isaiah, he prophesied to the people of God when they were in captivity, when it was tough. And you know when it's tough, you can go up and down in your faith and up and down. And one day, yes, oh, praise God, we're coming through this. Breakthrough's on its way. And the next day, oh, God, just take me home. Fun enough. And that's what it was like for the children of God in Israel. And that's why the prophet had to keep coming and, and keep bringing these messages to the people of God. And on Isaiah 40, and verse 26 onwards, this is what he says to these people who had got to the low. And he had to come and remind them. Of who their God was and what their God could do. And where they could be because of God. And he says, lift your eyes. People of God. Lift your eyes. Look to the heavens. Who created all this? Who created all this? He who brings out the starry hosts. One by one. And calls forth each of them by Name. Isn't that amazing? God has a name for every star. I struggle to remember half your names. God knows every single star by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, none of them is missing. Then he says to the people of God, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Basically, God, you've forgotten me. Where are you? And Isaiah has to say to them, God has to say to them, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he won't grow tired and he won't grow weary. Even if you feel like giving up, walking away, had enough, fed up with this. He will not grow tired and he will not grow weary. And under and his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. That's his promise. And if you're weary today, spiritually, physically... He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. You know, power, to me, it's simple. It's you being able to do what you can't do. It's being enabled to do what you can't do of yourself. And when we realize our weakness sometimes in life, and say, there is power. There is a power at our disposal that can increase in our journey and our walk to deal with the stuff that makes life hard, makes life difficult. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Then he finishes off with this. And it's brilliant isn't it? sometimes when you get to the, the crescendo of the word of God, the message of God, when he begins to communicate it. Because God is saying, look, this is where you are. This is what you're going through. This is what you could have. He then says, but those who hope in the Lord will, re <clears throat> will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Whatever the hardship, and it's hard. It may not be as hard as so-and-so, but it's hard. God says he increases the strength of the weary. He brings power 
to the weak, to those who will hope in the Lord. You know what? You could almost say the early church deserved all they got. I almost say that. When you, when you see the persecutions they were going through, justifiably, you could say they deserved it. When you read the examples of persecution in Scripture, you, you see that the persecution was a result of the church spreading the gospel. When they did what God had told them to do, persecution followed. You would think after the first session of persecution, walk away. But they kept going. Riots broke out. They were imprisoned. They were executed. It just kept happening. And, and they kept doing what God had told them to do, knowing that persecution was going to come. So why did the early church keep going? Why didn't they just walk away when the persecution and the hardship came for doing what was right? For doing what God had told them to do. How many times have you, you know you've done the right thing, but you end up getting it in the neck? You know you've done what God wants you to do, but you come off worse? And this was what was happening to the early church. Why not just walk away? They endured hardship because they were focused. They were focused on what really mattered. You know, before modern cameras, you had to focus the camera yourselves. Anybody remember that? You had to, and then stand really still and not move and, and hope the other person didn't move and then click. And then you had to wait seven days for it to come back from the developers. And then you, you knew whether you got the picture right or not. That was before the days of modern cameras. Now they come with autofocus. And it's all easy and simple. And you don't like it, you delete it. Christians don't come with autofocus. You are not born again with autofocus. We constantly are required to fix our focus on what really matters. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who endured the cross before you, so that we might also enjoy eternity with him. We have to choose. I'm going to fix my focus. I'm going through this hard time. It stinks. It's horrible. Where am I going to put my focus? And you know, this is what so many do. Perhaps some of us are doing it this morning. This is what I often do. We focus on the pain. We focus on the trouble. We focus on what we're going through. That is tough. That is hard. That is difficult. We spend our life focused on the pain. We can't see anything else. Life is no good. Life is bad for me. And you know when you spend your time just focusing on the pain, you end up having that self-pity party. And so, you sit down and with yourself, nobody else, and you feel sorry for yourself. And you tell yourself, life is so tough for me, isn't it? Life is really hard for me, isn't it? And the amazing thing is, you never disagree with yourself, do you? Yourself says back to you, yes it is. 
Everybody else has got it easy. Yes, they have. Life's so tough. And you just have your pity party. And that's often what happens. It's you, yourself, and me. Not me, you. It goes to the pity party. And you know, pity party, self-pity, it makes you feel worthless. And you miss your value in God. God doesn't look at you and see someone worthless. He doesn't see someone useless. He doesn't see someone who has messed up their future. God sees someone, someone he values. Someone he has a plan for. Someone he has a future for. You know, here's a pity party for you. This is Jeremiah. He had a pity party about himself. Because it was tough and it was difficult at times. And this is from the message version of the Bible. It's in Jeremiah 20 and verse 14 to 18. This was a real pity party. Cursed the day I was born. That's what he said. The day my mother bore me, a curse on it, I say. And curse the man who delivered the news to my father. You've got a new baby, a baby boy. How happy it made him. Let that birth notice be blacked out, delete it from the records. And the man who brought it, hunted to his death with the bad news he brought. He was having a serious pity party. He should have been killed. Or sorry, he should have killed me before I was born. With that womb as my tomb. My mother pregnant for the rest of her life with a baby dead in her womb. Why, oh why, did I ever leave that womb? Life's been nothing but trouble and tears. What's coming is more of the same. Whew, that was a bad day, wasn't it? Well, that was a pity party. Couldn't say anything other than the pain and the trouble he was going through. The problem with self-pity party is that we're constantly looking inward and not upward. Constantly looking at all of our problems, emotions, difficulties, and all we're going through, and we're not looking upward. You know, it's a discipline, it's a choice. Today I will fix my eyes upon Jesus, the author. Today I will lift my eyes to the hills. These pity parties that keep us looking inward. Keep feeling sorry for ourselves. They keep us in. There's nothing. There's nothing good. There's nothing that looks good in my life. And we miss our eternal value. We miss the eternal purpose that there is for us in God. You know, focusing on the pain can sometimes result in looking outward, consumed with jealousy that nobody has any problems like me. Everybody's got it easy. Look at her husband. He's perfect. Look what I've got. It is so easy to look out and become jealous. And It's just not right, is it? And everyone's better off than you. And everybody's got better stuff than you. And they never seem to have any problems. They're always happy. And me... I've got it so hard. It's so easy when you focus on the pain. To end up in this self-loathing, self-pitying frame of mind. Sometimes people pursue pleasure to black out the pain. But you know what? The pain's still there. And it comes back and it comes back. You know, whatever the pain. Listen, 
whatever the pain, lift your eyes to the Lord. Lift your, where's your help going to come from? It's going to come from the Lord. Lift your eyes to the Lord. You know, when we're going through hardship, we can focus on the promise. It's good to have the promises of God in our life. They inspire hope for a fantastic future. It's good to remind ourselves, this is what God has said. This is what I feel, but I'm going to choose what God has said. But you know, I have discovered at times there are negatives to focusing on the promises. That might sound contradictory. But I think sometimes there's a danger that when we focus on the promises of God, that we hold God to ransom. You said, but you said, you said. Now you will know if you're bringing up children, you have to be careful with the promises you make. Because you will have in your ear, you said, you said we could go to McDonald's. You said it. And if you promised it, you promised it. And you may not want to go and you may not have the money to go. But if you said, and then when you stop saying, yes, we'll go and do it. You start saying, like me, oh, well, we'll see, we'll see. No, no we'll, see, we'll see that one. And they, they soon cotton on to that like him. They soon cotton on to that. And they, and they keep, well, promise, you've got to promise, you've got to promise. And sometimes we can do that to God. We can sometimes do that. God, you said, and God knows he said. But we must accept, listen, but God, he accepts sometimes when it comes to the promises of God, his wisdom is higher than our wisdom. And, and he knows when and what to do, what is best for us before we receive the promise. If we're going to receive the promise. The prodigal son ended up in a pig of a mess because he believed he knew best. He wanted it there. He wanted it now. He wanted it then. He wanted to enjoy all of his promised inheritance. And he ended up in a pig of a mess. There's another negative to focusing on the promises of God. We sometimes can try and use the promise of God like a magic wand. To bring a quick fix to deal with our pain. We shout a few Bible verses at it. And we say a few Bible verses at it. See, the problem with quick fix solutions is that God may have a point to your pain. God may have a purpose to all this pain that you're going through. In Romans 5, 1 through to 5, you'll see there that God is producing and producing and produce in our lives because of suffering, because of pain. And no matter how much you shout the Bible at, it's not going to go away until God has got his way. Until God has proven his point and God has shaped and he's brought out of you what he wants to bring out of you through the hard times, through the difficult times. You'd not be the person you are today if it had not been for the times of pain. And that works both ways. Pain may have made you a better person. Pain, if you're not responded according to God's plan for your life, may have made you a worse person. Your faith may be stronger because of pain. My goodness. That seems a contradiction, doesn't it? But if God's trying to bring something out of our lives, sometimes it takes the pain. It's producing something in our lives over and over again. Listen, when it comes to the promises of God, 
rejoice in them, have faith in them, believe in them. But you know, leave the when is it going to happen to God. And focus on what really matters today. Don't hold God to ransom. Don't see this as a quick solution. Focus on what really matters in our journey, in our life. You know, what really matters is being focused on the purpose. The early church endured hardship because they were focused on the purpose. They experienced persecution and pain because they were focused on the purpose. But they had their eyes fixed somewhere away from the pain. Well, no matter where it came from, they still had their eyes fixed where it mattered. They focused on their purpose to reach the lost, to share the good news, to make disciples, equip them for service. Our mission statement as a church, declare and disciple. And that's what the early church was about. That's what really mattered. That's where their focus was. Spreading out, preaching the gospel, making disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. But they ended up in prison for it. They ended up being stoned to death for it. Riots broke out because of it. They were going to lynch Paul in Thessalonica. You would think they would walk away and go back to the way life was before Jesus. But they had their eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of their faith who sees us through the hardships when we cannot see the way through ourselves. They endured because they were captivated. They were consumed with the mission that God had given them on that earth, on that time, the purpose he had given to them. You know, if we're going to be people of purpose, you've got to live life on purpose. You choose. Despite what's going on, I'm going to press on with the truth. Despite how I feel, despite my disappointments, despite all that I'm going through, I'm still going to press on and hold on to what God has said to me. I am going to share the good news. I am going to be in a church where we're making disciples and equipping them for service, despite the hardships that I'm feeling I'm going through. You know, there's one response, and there was lots of responses, but there's one that stands out to me that I love, I think just epitomizes the church. Their response to the persecution. And this is in Acts chapter 4. Because they, they instructed them. They weren't allowed to preach the gospel anymore. And they've got to stop all this Jesus stuff. And in Acts chapter 24 and verse 9. They came to the Lord and they said this to the Lord. Now Lord. Consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They were being told no. You'll get put in prison. God, you've heard their threats. Help us to speak with even greater boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of the Holy Servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. If the enemy is obstructing, if hardship is hindering and would want you to walk away, would want you to stop. God, help me to do the opposite to what the enemy is trying to achieve in my life. Lord, if they're trying to stop me speaking about you, if they're trying to stop me journeying with you, Lord, I want to do the opposite. 
I want to speak boldly. I want to live for you in every circumstance. And then things began to happen. The place where they were was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and the boldness of the Word of God. Where is your focus? You know, we all face hardships. Where is your focus? Is your focus on your pain? And leaving you in pity. Is your focus on the purpose, which is a good thing, but can also result in pain because of the enemy's attack? Is your focus on the promise, which can sometimes lead to disappointment because we use it as a quick fix solution? This is where I want to encourage you to have your focus. Put your focus on God, who is wise, who is powerful, who is faithful, who is the promise-keeping God, who will never leave you, who loves you, who sent his Holy Spirit for you to provide a way for you. Whatever the hardship, come to God. Fix your focus on God. And this morning I want to encourage you to let what we have sung about already, the rain of God, simply soak into your life. I encourage you to experience God pouring himself into you. Because it may be hard, but when God comes, it is easier. You are stronger. You will press on. You will keep going when God comes and soaks into your life. Can we spend a few moments just in prayer, waiting on God, and if you want to have ministry, the prayer team will be here now. Worship team, you could lead us in worship in the same vein as we've already been in. And I want you to encounter God. Don't keep going on with hardship when you can meet with God today. You can encounter God in these moments. Let's experience God in this place.